0: You're listening to the Teak Nation Podcast, where we strive to educate, inspire, and entertain you with tips and lessons from frauders and friends of TKE.
1: Hello and welcome everyone to the newest edition of the Teak Nation Podcast. I'm Alex Swenson your host for today and for the foreseeable future. Uh, and alongside me is Donnie Aldrich, our Chief Executive Officer. Donnie, how's it going?
0: Doing great, Al. How are you this morning?
1: I'm doing well. I got some, some good football action last night, as uh, will be no surprise to anyone listening. We both consumed a lot of football yesterday between 3 p.m. and 10 p.m., so that was good. Uh, never enjoyable for me seeing Tom Brady win football games. Uh, so I was a little disappointing. And then you, you add in the, uh, the, the Froder Rogers disappointment as well. So that was, that was tough, but you know, it was a good game. The second game was, was kind of boring, but we almost got to see like four fights at the end of it, which, which is always cool. Um, maybe I just need to take up uh, a stronger interest in hockey, but, um, yeah, that was re- I mean, that was really my whole weekend was uh, was getting ready for football and then watching football and then uh, debriefing the football and then going to bed. So Saturday was
0: just all preparing for football. I honestly
1: don't remember what I did on Saturday.
0: You can't recall what you did. Oh uh, uh,
1: I had had the kids on Saturday, actually. Wife went out shopping with her mom, so we uh, played some pillow fight, um, a lot of tag, little Barbie action Saturday. How um, solid are you at tag?
0: I'm elite. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, my three-year-old uh, does not possess the lateral agility to that, that I do, which uh, if anyone out there knows me or has seen me, you can probably imagine the level of lateral agility that I possess. If you've uh, played basketball against me at, at Leadership Academy, you've probably been on the receiving end of a few sick crossovers. But, yeah, you know, I just I kind of sidestep. When, you know I'll get her running as fast as she can go in a straight line and I'll just whoop and then uh, she goes flying past and then I take off in the other room
0: I'm a big fan of getting around a corner quick and then hiding when it comes to tag then you just really they walk right into it That's yeah like
1: uh, yeah our tag games turn into hide and seek quite often um, you know we'll be we'll be playing and then like Ava my my three-year-old she'll go get behind a curtain or something and then she'll be like you can't find me I'll be like I thought we were playing tag what happened
0: you, can't, the game you, can't, you just
1: can't just spent. you can't just switch it up in the middle <laughs> so that uh that's frustrating you know but but uh it's a good learning a good life lesson opportunity when you have kids you know you got to turn everything got to turn all the ls into lessons with your I, I'm children. just
0: I'm just glad that we could recall that you did have a saturday didn't want you to waste an entire day
1: it was it was a whirlwind it truly was duke lost which they're terrible um and and we you know there's not as much national appeal to duke basketball so we don't we don't have to do a deep dive but there's not much man, national appeal to
0: college basketball at all right now i mean that's that's a whole nother issue it appears that no one really has unless you're a big gonzaga fan there's just not a not a big deal hey.
1: shout out kyle Erdman, danny kloffenstein noted gonzaga alumni
0: no right they they went to washington, washington state
1: washington state yeah i've become as I've, as I've aged uh, become less and less in tune with just kind of the daily goings on of college basketball. And then, you know, conference tournament time picks up, which is coming up here soon. And I'm sure we'll, we'll devote a fair amount of time to on the, on the pod here, but uh, that's when I'll really tune in. And then, you know, I'll fill out my four brackets and roll the dice and, and see what happens. Ooh, speaking of, of gambling, we'll just hop right to that. Hit a big bet yesterday. So, one eight hundred gamblers, uh, we take all uh, gambling addiction seriously on this podcast. But uh, I had a uh, had a a, ten dollar bet on three touchdown scores in the Packers game. Had Scotty Miller, Mark Marquez, Valdez Scantling, and Robert Tunyon, and all three scored a touchdown, and worked out pretty well for me. So this might be the last podcast that I'm actually featured on. I may, especially you know, if I can get in on that uh, that GameStop stock. Oh, if that takes a dip this morning. Hop on that profit, retire, find a new co-host.
0: So, if you're going to continue to make prop bets like that bet, Scotty Miller, yep, Scott yeah, yep, Tanya, to yep. Indiana State, Sycamore, yeah, you, you're going to be working here for the rest of your life. Well, not if you not if you know what you're doing.
1: Okay, it's only it's only, it's only called it's only called gambling if you're if you're not sure you're going to win.
0: Right. I understand. It's, it's really surprising that you don't make a home base out in Vegas because we do have so many remote employees right now, but even in, even in when we're back to post pandemic times, we do have some remote employees.
1: Well, it's, it's like you go to the roulette table and you, you know, you drop your money onto the the 23 for MJ and the 33 for Larry and, and all your numbers. like That's just a, that's just a roll, a lucky roll of the ball. When I, when I put money on three touchdown scores, right. it's all but guaranteed.
0: I mean, Except you, knew Miller, game,
1: I, I did the same thing. It didn't work.
0: Right. Out. I mean, you had a good gut feeling Scotty Miller might get a 50 yard touchdown pass with eight seconds to go because they were playing horrible. As soon as, soon as, no, as I saw cover Kevin z- cover King zero, was active. Cover zero by the Packers. That's as soon as I
1: ball. saw Kevin King was active and they were throwing in the, uh, the Jets hail Mary defense. I was all in. So that now you can see why I forgot what I did Saturday because Sunday was so full of excitement that it just completely white, like, don't even ask like, last friday like friday two days ago no idea
0: yeah seems like a lot of glory wrapped up in one day it's all just passed me by well let's proceed uh
1: yeah so uh so so as far as the nfl games go i think it would be wise to save our super bowl picks until next week as as that is super bowl week and, and we have the off week here that uh you know r.i.p pro bowl but um but it, I was uh, I was very disappointed in the Packers. I have no idea why they kicked a field goal on fourth down. If you're going to trust your defense to get a stop, they have to get a stop regardless now. So you might as well give your offense one more chance to win a touchdown. I never understood that. Like the whole, oh, we trusted our defense. Well, boy, you have to trust your defense no matter what. You didn't make a decision to trust your defense. Either you don't score a touchdown and you have to trust your defense, or you kick a field goal and you have to trust your defense, or you do score a touchdown and now you're tied. So... I was baffled by that. And then, you know, the chiefs are just, they're really good and people slept on them maybe a little bit because they had played some close games and hadn't shown their best selves. And they, they came out and just whooped them yesterday. And I think they're, I think they're going to beat Tampa by a touchdown. At least they're just, well, we'll do predictions next week, but.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the two of us had the chiefs winning easily. Was that me? That was not the person who's hitting these big parlays. No.
1: I am sad the NFL season's coming to an end. It's, it's always, uh, it just, you know, gets me going and, you know, I love fantasy football as well and have a, a couple of playoff fantasy football teams that aren't doing so hot, but I'll live. Um, and, and then, yeah, it's just all systems go on on college basketball for a month or so. And then we get into the baseball season, which a lot of people don't care about baseball. And we got NBA going on too. So good time to be a sports fan.
0: Well, if you want to get knee-deep in the things that you and I care about that most people don't, uh, this week, Tory Pines, my man, the this Farmer's is, Insurance Open.
1: This is how we build an audience. by This know is how we build, build an audience. We know, we
0: know you all are, are following the tour and the fact that most, most of the great players are going to be back this week, except for, except for Tiger, who's had back surgery number five. But uh, the tour is really going to get underway. You know, we got great events coming up, which typically happen when we're traveling around for RLC season, including the Phoenix open. Right. All right that's right. A lot of, a lot of great events coming up here.
1: So the, uh, and, and this is sports related, but I think it spans a broader audience. Finally, um, we're getting to things that other people might take an interest in uh, that tiger documentary. I don't think you've watched that yet. Have you the one on HBO?
0: I watched part one. I have not watched part two. I've had opportunity to watch part two by myself but uh, my wife would like to participate in, in listening to part two and watching part two, just as she did part one.
1: That is uh, no offense. You're a little older than I am. Um, and so you were a little more, I think, in tune. I was in high school when Tiger was really at his peak in that 03 to 07, 08 range, um, even middle school for some of that. Gosh, I'm young. Um, and so I wasn't as keyed in to – to his life as much as I just was that he was a really good golfer. That guy has some demons.
0: Yeah. So I, I understand that you were just learning how to read and write when Tiger was winning, you know, the 2008 U.S. Open. That's correct. But for the rest of us, yes, uh, Tiger's prime, Every everything that happened was right uh, in the prime. of uh, Tiger's not that much. Well, let's see, Tiger is 45. I guess he is. I'm, I'm 37. So there you go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when Tiger won in 97, uh, I was 14. So, yeah, that's right in that formative, playing high school golf, competing, Tiger's going crazy. And then, yeah, through my college career, that's when Tiger was absolutely dominant. Yeah. My freshman, freshman year of college uh, was 2001. That's after he just came off that crazy year in 2000 where he won everything by a million. And so, yes, he he definitely, has, if you watch part one, his childhood and the, and the way that his father pushed him, Obviously, there's a lot of pros in the type of golfer he turned into, but some of the cons are the balance in his life, which didn't seem to be there at all. And, and some of the relationships that, if you take it with a grain of salt, but some of the relationships and the folks that talk about it, he wasn't allowed to have is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I was struck by maybe how immature he came across because he was never really given an opportunity to learn those life skills, those people skills, the, you know, how to manage relationships, how to, how to treat people because it was just 24 seven, you're going to be the greatest golfer to ever live, which in my opinion, he has become. So, you know, chalk one up there for, for Earl Woods, but uh, I think there were some, some big misses there. And and he just, he couldn't function in society in a beneficial way to himself and those around him. And it, it, like I said, I just, I, you know, I had no idea And part two is really, really good. Part two is even, I think even deeper and darker than, than part one is because it gets into his addictions and his you know all the scandals and everything, but um, I won't spoil it for you. Yeah, I, I I was just really struck by you know you you see these athletes or, or really any celebrities, and in the moment you're so fascinated by them and you're so locked in on what they're doing, and you do, there's there's could be a trillion things going on in their heads about their lives and and what they're doing and you know, their relationships and and all of that in. Uh, Tigers one case were caught up with him in a very very public way and it was uh, it was I mean it was hard to watch at some time at some points frankly and you know I I hope my hope is now it seems like he has found some peace that he has become a better person a better man he's he's focused on being a father Um, and I hope that 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 is true because for everything that he went through a lot of it self-inflicted, some of it not, you know, his life could have even gone down a, a darker path, I think. So hopefully he, uh, you know, he's in a better place now, but he did just have another back surgery, which is no fun.
0: What's hard is golf is a game. If you are, put in the, some of those settings of playing with other people you learn a lot of these life lessons you learn a lot of the aspects on how to treat people and decorum and respect right, right? Yep. Yep. So it only highlights that he and his father really went off on their own and did all the practicing and all the playing and yes i'm sure he played with other folks at different times but because there's just so many lessons to be learned there and i'm sure you've heard me say this you know i it's interesting that i i played college golf i still play golf you play some golf uh, but between golf and the fraternity, they're two of the most stereotypical, non-understood organizations in sports that exist on the planet. People who don't play golf and don't understand golf have, I think, a very visceral opinion yeah. of golf because yeah. they don't know it, just like they have a very visceral fraternities because they don't know it. So there's some irony when I meet some teaks that have a very visceral opinion of golf but don't understand golf because it's basically <laughs> the same thing, right? Like yeah. There's so much good yeah. in the game of golf, people you meet, relationships, uh, the way it, it forces your character and the way you have to, to act the way you got to push yourself because it's a very individual game. Right. Um, it's just, it's very, very interesting. I think there's a a million parallels between golf and, and, uh, and the fraternity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else, uh, worth mentioning going on in the world? We do, we do officially have a new president. You want to touch that one?
0: Well, I don't want to go deep into politics, as you (laughs) know, uh, even though I was a history major and political science minor, You also know that I am someone who sits in the middle, which makes it a little easier because then I just make everybody mad, right? Because I I don't pick a team uh, to to completely lean in on. And if you look at my social media posts and other pieces that you're you're not going to see a lot of that. So uh, I am hopeful that the country can start to come together a little bit more, uh, but that's going to require a lot of people to show a lot of humility. Let's just say that, right? So that's across the board for everybody and for folks to be better listeners. We talk about that internally with our team and and for anyone out there listening how can you be a better listener how can you be a better question asker i think when we talk to woody later we're going to get into that a little bit yeah so for our for our country it's how do we live up to the values the principles of what we're called to be and who we're supposed to be and making the the world a better place which is our part of our mission in the fraternity
1: i think that was uh very well stated and very nonpartisan. um and so, you know, I don't, I don't really have anything to add on top of that. I was a journalism major, which is why this podcast is so good. So now, <laughs> now we know. Um, yeah, we we do have a we do have an interview. I should have mentioned that at the top. Never mind about the podcast being good. Um, we do have an interview coming up uh, in, in just just a little bit with Woody Woodcock from Fired Up. He is um, somebody who is a, a friend of the fraternity. He's not a, a member of Tau Kappa Epsilon, but. Uh, that was okay with me and it was okay with Donnie. So it should be okay with you all. He, uh, he is a very fascinating individual. He's done a ton of work with a lot of our chapters, he's done a ton of work with fraternities and sororities all over the country. So we dive with Woody and a little bit on recruitment because that's his wheelhouse. That's his specialty. He is truly an expert when it comes to fraternity recruitment. Um, but he's also an expert when it comes to relationships and Uh, I think mentality and, and, and emotional health. He's just a very well-rounded person. And so uh, that's a, that's a great interview we have coming up here in a little bit. So uh, stick around, stay tuned for that, or just, you know, skip the next 10 minutes and, and jump right to it want to move on now to our, to our rule of three. Uh, one of my favorite segments of this podcast, because there's only like four segments, so not hard to, to crack the, the top of the rotation there. Uh, rule of three this week, this is a, a new format. We are, uh, we are all in on, on changing up the podcast. So I wanted to ask you, Donnie, uh, and I will also share my thoughts What are your three favorite podcasts slash I also included YouTube channels since now you, uh, you listen to some stuff on YouTube as well, but what are your three go-tos when it comes to, uh, listening to content on the internet?
0: One is part of the interruption. So that's a show that I watched religiously until the pandemic, ironically, the pandemic, whenever they started to put the shows on the podcast, especially because one of the hosts, has been in his basement for the last 10 months. So I can actually listen to it on the podcast when I'm driving the kids to school, when I'm running errands, right? So it's a lot better than having to sit in front of the television. So I have now become uh, a daily listener to Pardon the Interruption. Uh, You and I know a uh, local sports radio talk show host named JMB. That's right. Who uh, talks about a number of the sports issues we talk about in Indianapolis and debate is great he's very very solid just won sports sportscaster of the year so we're not listening to any no. any schmuck here congrats uh, then, to you jmb <clears throat> correct and, and then the last one you talked about the youtube channel no doubt i watch a lot of tony robbins and les brown uh i've been getting in a little bit of arnold schwarzenegger he's got some good stuff as well mentality i mean anyone who has migrated to this country become mr universe become the governor of the largest well, most populated state in the uh, country someone who's done a lot of great things. So a lot of great lessons to be learned in there. I really believe the motivation piece and keeping your mind sharp is important. The, the sugar high of motivation is not what you're going for, but the thought process around pushing yourself. All of us have bad days. All of us have days where we struggle, want to get up and, and go attack our goals. But that little push, that little video for five, seven minutes, sometimes that's, that's all I need to kick me in the butt and get, get to work.
1: Yeah, and 100% of the hosts of this podcast actually uh, uh, saw Arnold on the USC campus last year, doing doing some interviews, and I don't know what the heck he was doing.
0: Those are the good old days when we could do chapter visits. Good
1: old days when, when we could go anywhere, so... Uh, yeah, those are, I think three, uh, three good pieces there. And, uh, when you said PTI, I thought that maybe you didn't understand the prompt, but I'm glad you cleared it up and shared that they have taken their content into podcast form. Um, my three, uh, number one, the fantasy footballers podcast. So I shared that, um, big fantasy football guy, uh, Andy, Mike, and Jason, those are my guys when it comes to fantasy football. My, my typical routine is to go for a, uh, a nice little jog on, Sunday morning pre NFL. And so I'll throw that on. They have about two hours of content every week previewing that week's games. I'll listen to the fantasy football while I'm jogging, getting ready for the games, and then boom, come back, adjust my lineups, ready to go. So big fantasy footballers guy, if you play fantasy football, I would highly recommend their podcast. They do a lot of good work unless you're in any leagues with me, in which case I would just recommend you trust your gut, Uh, Number two, I'm, I'm a big fan of pardon my take. um, And I know that's one of the most popular podcasts in America, if not the most popular podcast, you know that uh, they do some things that that don't necessarily appeal to me all the time. But what I'm fascinated by with with those two is that they are really really good interviewers and they do a great job of getting information out of people that other interviewers don't get because it's kind of a blend between sports and entertainment um, they ask questions that get people talking and you hear a lot of stories. You hear a lot of information that you would not hear otherwise. So, um, I think that's really cool and, and, and really fascinating and, and it's amusing too. I think it's funny. Um, and then the third one, I, I do want to include a little personal development. I listened to the, uh, the Gary V audio experience. Um, so he is uh, Gary visa an entrepreneur started, uh, or took over his parents wine club when he was. Uh, in his late teens, early 20s, and turned that into kind of a powerhouse. And now he's got a marketing company, a media conglomerate. He's an angel investor. He's he's just, he's a rich guy who's very successful. But he, you know, when you think about the Tony Robbins, the Les Browns, the, the Eric Thomas, you know, that type of motivational speaker, I like those guys and I like their style, but I prefer Gary V to that because he just a little I don't know, more he's, raw.
0: Gary Gary V's a little he, little more raw. I, he, I like Gary Vee a lot too.
1: He is more raw. Um, but he really, you know, he's very, very, he doesn't speak in a way I think that he's trying to motivate you, which sometimes you need, right? He just speaks in a way that shares lessons he's learned through his own success or through his own failures. He's very yeah. honest about himself. He's very self-aware. Um, and those are the his, his two uh, factors that he really talks about religiously are empathy and self-awareness, which I think are two skills that uh, a lot oh, of people, yeah. right. Oh, Lack, sure. my i mean myself include uh, i'm always trying to get become more self-aware and, and become more empathetic but um it's not big you know rah rah in your face hip-hop preacher which again i love eric thomas um but it's just a little more you know here's some information you can take it or you can leave it do whatever mm-hmm. the hell you want with it but yeah. this is what i've learned and this is how it's helped
0: me. i think the difference between gary v and those those guys is that those, the, those other guys, Tony Robbins and Eric, uh, Eric Thomas and Les Brown, right. They want you to follow them and, and institute some of their thinking, their programs. Gary Vee doesn't give a damn. Right. Yeah. If you yep. if you do yep. anything, he doesn't care, uh, which, you know, can be very liberating when his business is not motivating people, right. Where those other guys, that's their business is how they coach you and make you better. And, you know, it's why they coach some of the top people in the yep. world. Gary Vee is just here's what I've done. Here's what you need to do. If you want to be successful, if you don't want to be successful, you know, too bad. Somebody else, some the next guy will, or next gal will come up behind you and and they'll beat you because they wanted to do these things. So yeah. he is amazingly entertaining. He's one of those people that you cannot take your eyes off of, or you can't set it down. Uh, one other bonus podcast, I will say, Oh, um, Lewis Howes. I don't know if you've heard of Lewis. Howes. I have it's actually, I've listened
1: to some of this stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The school of greatness. He has some yep. really good stuff uh, with, with folks he brings in and he's a very strong question asker as well.
1: Yeah. And well, and, and he spans, it's not just business, right? He, he'll have right. A, a, a dietitian in to talk about how to eat right one episode, yeah. and then he'll have a champion power lifter in about how to build habits in the weight room. And then he'll have a, a, a mental health coach who's teaching you how to meditate the next episode. It, it's all over the map, but it all, right. It all comes back to that bettering yourself and, and growing your personal toolbox. Agreed. Uh, moving forward into our Teak Corner, um, and apologies, we we did get away from the three there with Donnie's bonus, and, and that's not that's not like us as Teak. So uh, you only get two next week, Don. Whatever the topic is, um, Teak Corner. A couple things worth mentioning: one, we we have started the RLCs, the virtual RLCs, very successful, in my opinion. Uh, we had over 600 people on Sat on our first Saturday, which was. Uh, the 16th of January, we had another 275, I think, last Thursday with Region 1's RLC. Um, I think the content's been really solid. We actually put all the content from Saturday up on our, our learning platform at edu.tke.org. So I would encourage you to check that out. Regu- you know, it doesn't matter if you're a, a freshman in college or a, a 55-year-old alum or, or anywhere in between. Um, the, the content on Saturday was really, really solid when it comes to recruitment. Um, and I just, I'd encourage you if you're listening, again, regardless of if you're a volunteer, if you're just listening to this for the heck of it, if, if you're not even a member of the fraternity, we have four more opportunities to be a part of a virtual RLC, something we've never done before, but uh, something I think that you can take and, and learn from and, and grow moving forward. Yeah, the lessons that are talked about
0: in there, they're focused on fraternity recruitment, but simply they're lessons that are going to help you in life. They're lessons that are going to help you whether you're in sales or not in sales. Uh, again into how you're asking questions how you're, how you're how you're engaging in conversations how you even pull and, and convince people to follow you or convince people in some I, I know you like to have debates and arguments at times right how you can convince people uh, to, to possibly come to your side so there's a lot of gold in there really appreciative of all the people and the energy that's been put into to making these happen and obviously the, the pandemic has put us in a position leaning and focusing on our technology and that edu.tk.org platform has so much great content. If you go there, you, know, you go there, you go to our YouTube channel, obviously this podcast, there's so many places where you can find great information and, and hopefully inspiration as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then the other piece that I wanted to mention, we did get a listener question, which is very, very exciting. Our very first listener question, hopefully our first of many on the Instagram post from our uh, our, our podcast release last week, Froder T. R. Nelson ninety uh, seven, whoever you are out there, thank you. Asked how has the brotherhood stayed strong during quarantine? Everyone's favorite B word, brotherhood. It's a challenge. Uh, and, and it's a question that we get a lot, and it's something that we actually talked about a lot during the RLC, TR Nelson 97, so I'd encourage you to, to maybe be a part of an RLC coming up if, if you haven't yet. So, uh, Don, I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts on brotherhood during quarantine. I really think it's, it's
0: what you want to make of it, and I know when you say that, it seems very simple, but all the groups that we talk to that are, that are still having events and still doing things virtually, right? they have basically said we have had to be creative, we've had to forge ahead, we've had to, you know, try things that we never thought would work that actually have been successful, right? So the groups that are in the folks that are working to make it happen are finding success. Uh, Those who are allowing some of the roadblocks to get in their way, or simply they tried it once, you know, the the famous, we tried it once, it didn't work, so so it'll never work. I think that some of those folks are finding finding challenges. Uh, The university restrictions are obviously very unique depending on what municipality and what state you're in, but how groups can continue to be in that resourceful state and our men be in that resourceful state, they're the ones that are finding success. And so uh, I'm hopeful that more and more groups will at least try and, and put in the effort of engaging because as we know, this—that that is the whole aspect of the fraternity, is, is the relationships, is the connection. And is it richer when you're in person? Absolutely. But there are a lot of great things that have, have happened over the last 10 months because of the fact that people have tried new things. You know, we've been able to connect with people that are all across the world just because of this Zoom platform. So I would say, you know, appreciate the question, first of all, love to have more and more questions to your point, but overall I would say it's going pretty well, but I also say there's no doubt there's challenges, there's always challenges, right? In pre-pandemic there's challenges of groups that are having issues with, they want their brotherhood to be stronger. It takes active work, like any relationship that, that you're in. So excited about some of the things that have happened over the last 10 months and how aspects of those can move forward once we're post-pandemic.
1: Yeah, and, and the only thing I'll add is, like Teak, during the, the pandemic, during quarantine, a lot of people look at it and say, how are we supposed to be a part of a fraternity? How are we supposed to move on? The fraternity should, should be thriving right now because the whole business model behind fraternities is is relationships with other people with people who you share interests with who you share commonalities with that that yeah you can't sit with them in person but you can talk to them on the phone you can you can talk to them on zoom maybe in some cases you can sit with them in person right you can get two or three guys together and play fifa or or, you know hit the war zone or, or whatever it is that that you're into but um but we make things so hard sometimes. When oh, how are we supposed to keep the brotherhood? Like just like get, get a group text together, right? Get a workout group text going where where you know everyone commits to running ten miles a week, right? And you got eight other guys in the chapter who have committed with you, and you can text them every single day, and say, hey, how's it going, right? Did you get any miles in today? Where are you? Let's let's get after it. Or you know you could do it do it with lifting. You could do it with how you're eating. You could do it with uh with watching sports or watching movies, do a movie club, a book club, a Netflix club, like there are a hundred opportunities, even more than that, to just turn your brains on a little bit. And I'm not saying people aren't don't have their brains on at all because I think people's energy and, and uh and, and thought processes have been devoted to other things but just shift your thinking a little, change your mindset to, to thinking, you know, about how you can be more creative and it'll, the floodgates will be open about all the different things you can do and accomplish to keep that brotherhood strong.
0: Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have some belief in yourself that you're a little more creative, a little more resourceful than, than you think you are. Yep. Cause I can tap into my Gary V and say, there are some people that don't have their brains turned on. They don't, they've allowed where we are to, to put them in a different place. And so you got to recalibrate, you got to reprogram, uh, you know, c- get in a computer phase here, control, delete, right? Reset that thing and do some of the things you're talking about or find what are the, what are some of the folks you can reach out to and just ask questions. And that's the piece that I want to see is folks checking in on each other and, and asking how can they help be resourceful? How can they help be impactful in people's lives? Or, hey, I'll just, how's it going? How are you doing? And I'm sure that the per it's not gonna say, oh, everything's great, right? Cause that's a natural human thing, right? Nobody yeah. ever says, no, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing great. <laughs> right? People always want to tell you all the, the challenges they're having, but be able to relate to folks and also, Hey, I'm struggling through that too. Or I was struggling through that. Here's, here's what I did to start feeling better. Or, Hey, let's, let's plan to get together a couple of times on zoom a week and, and hang out and talk about X, Y, Z, just like you talked about.
1: And for the love of God, please cut out live in the dream from your, uh, from your lexicon that's been used and overused and, and beaten into the ground. So, you know, just, just shit, you know, maybe just another day in paradise, you know, something like that. But, uh, Let's, let's, let's leave, uh, living the dream in 2020. How's that sound? All right. Want to, uh, to keep moving here with our where in the world is Zach Scott segment. And we welcome in now our good friend, Zach Scott, for everyone's favorite segment, I'm assuming the answer to the question of of where in the world is Zach Scott is is still Tampa, which is unfortunate. Rocking the uh, the Bucks polo. Talked a little football at the beginning of the podcast. Congratulations, big win for your Raptors yesterday as well, um Zach. Uh, first, where in the world are you? Uh, I think that'll be pretty easy. And then second, you know the the question that's that's on my mind. If you could just shed a little bit of light on is. Is what are you working on right now in in January to help get our groups ready for second semester?
2: Yeah, so I am currently yes in in the Tampa Bay area. All right, it was I know hard hard to figure out, but home of the uh, of Super Bowl Fifty Five and home to the only team ever to go to their host Super Bowl. Um, so pretty awesome. Um, and as far as as recruitment goes, there's a lot of video calls, um, a lot of text messages as well. I think that's probably part of the job that only we really realize is a, is a piece is the texting back and forth, right? To give those almost live interactions to guys where something comes up, right? Like just the other day, I was texting with Wash U's iChapter as they're returning back to their campus um, to get going with recruitment and answer questions about how can you send out mass communications easier? Something we do as a team, right? Mail merges um, or uploading, bulk uploading the chapter builder. Some really awesome opportunities between the two of those to, to really get out a lot of messages really quickly and um, yeah, so it's a lot of those fast reaction um, conversations. And then obviously the well thought out, well planned um, and executed video calls with groups, Cincinnati, um, St. Cloud State, you name them, um, probably talk to them in the last couple of weeks and we'll talk to them again in the next couple of weeks.
0: What are some of the ways, Zach, that you've had to be creative over the last 10 months?
2: Yeah, I, I, think, I think COVID has challenged everybody in, in different ways. Um, I think redefining, right, what visitation looks like has been a really big piece for our team um, but not changing the quality of what that visitation looks like and that's been something that I think has been extremely important right is how can we bring the same level of energy we've talked about a lot as a team um, and get guys motivated even though they're a thousand miles apart from us and especially around recruitment it's so integral right to tie in that energy into every conversation not just us tying in that that energy but Getting guys to realize you have to bring that energy once you're recruiting over Zoom, once you go back to recruiting in person, because who knows what those conversations are going to look like. Um, And anytime you're on the phone or, or again, even through text, finding ways to get that energy, get guys inspired. Um, That's been a challenge, I think, for all of us to continue to to find ways to do that um, and really up our game a little bit. I know that whenever we do get a chance to interact with groups in person again, um, that'll be something that I think everyone in our staff will really bring to the table is a desire to, to be person to person. But I think we've done a really good job. And I know that I've, I'm really proud of where myself, right, uh, where I've taken that, that energy. And hopefully the chapters feel the same way.
1: Zach, a lot of people know uh, Miami University is not actually in South Florida. It's in, it's in Ohio. You mentioned Washington University, just a little piece of teak trivia there. Where is Washington University?
2: Washington University is in St. Louis, Missouri, people. side uh, chapter. If you ever get a chance, definitely go check it out. They have the uh, um, a really nice little spot on campus. It's a beautiful campus as well. It is
1: like you're uh, – it's, it's kind of the Hogwarts of the Midwest. Rod Talbot from the Harvard of the Midwest. Washington University is the, the Hogwarts of the Midwest. Fantastic setting there. All right, Zach. We appreciate it as always. Uh, we'll catch you again next week, and you know, who knows? Maybe you will be somewhere else. Probably not, but uh, just you know, maybe just head to a Starbucks for for next week's segment, so we have something else to talk about.
2: Maybe uh, maybe one of these days will catch me at the gym. That'd be a be a fun one, masked yeah. up and everything. So we'll uh, we'll see if that distorts the volume at all. But I appreciate it as always. Shout out to everybody who's listening. All
1: right. And we are pleased to welcome in now our good friend, friend of Tall Kappa Epsilon, Vice President at Fired Up, Mr. Woody Woodcock. Woody, how are you today?
3: I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing great. I woke up and realized it was one twenty-one twenty-one, and I don't know what that means for the rest of my day, but I'm excited about what that means for us right now.
1: Well, I you you can't start a day better than than with a palindrome, right? Is that's what that's what they always say. We don't get many days to start like that, so this
3: is a pretty cool one to start up.
1: We might as well take advantage. Uh, The podcast is going to be releasing on like one two seven two one, so this uh, will be irrelevant by that point. But you know, hopefully everyone took advantage of their one two one two one previously.
3: (laughs) That's right.
0: Yeah. And, and for everyone listening, as we get going here, if you're looking for the most positive human being you've ever met in your life, and you think you've already met that person, congratulations. You've now stumbled into this podcast and Woody Woodcock is about to drop some sunshine on your life. <laughs> Thanks guys.
1: I I think that's a, that's a good lead in, and, and Woody, uh, I know some of our listeners out there probably know who you are through your work with Teak, through your work with other, uh, fraternal organizations through your work with uh, different trade groups that some of us belong to in conferences and you go to campuses. But if you would, you know, if you could give a just a three or four little minute summary on on the origin story of Woody Woodcock and, you know, how you found your way to, to fire it up, I think that would be a really great place to start.
3: Yeah, so that's a great story. Georgia Southern University is home for me. And so I probably got, um, an experience getting to know, uh, Teak uh, for the first time there, uh, you know, that was not the fraternity for me necessarily that I found my fit at Georgia Southern. Uh, and a sophomore year is where I got connected to Pi Kappa Phi fraternity. And honestly, you know, when I was thinking about back then joining, you know, I really connected cause I wanted to meet people. I want to have a really good time, honestly. And through that experience, uh, I met a person that was traveling on staff, a consultant, he spent time showing me things about ritual symbolism. There was a faith meaning. There was a different connection in there, and I thought, "Well, we had missed we had missed that moment. I had missed that with my new member class, and it, it it literally changed the trajectory of what I thought I could be like in the fraternity and what I wanted to do with fraternity. I was like, if I could give that perspective to one other fraternity member." I would love to do that. And and in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, I I really spent about three weeks um, praying and that was not like a normal thing for me at the time. And I just said like, what's next? Like, what is the thing I should do next? I had met Fired Up. Um, I had met Fired Up in the winter of 2006, but really, uh, again, specialness to Teak overall, and it's transformed my life. I got invited to uh, one of your uh, Teak regional events in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2007. And I'd probably been traveling and and traveling for the organization that week. And you know, when you travel and you do work, it's not like you want to go to the next thing overall, but I had a friend on the staff uh, who was leading some of your educational programs and he invited me to come. And so as tired as I was on that cold Charlotte morning, I got up, I walked 15 minutes up to the Omni hotel and I sat with different teaks. I got to experience the teak culture really for the first time professionally, that afternoon, Josh Randy brought a fired up message of dynamic recruitment, the process, the skills, there was laughter. there may have been a few tears, but people got better at what's so important to fraternity, to recruit. And I thought that moment really marked me of these guys have it figured out. And I thought if there was ever an opportunity to join their team, I would do that. It just so happens that I had that opportunity in the spring of 2009. The, uh, those thoughts lifted up were answered. And I got a call from the president said my name was popping in his head, walking through an airport, said, I, I had to call you and see what's going on. And I knew that was the moment that I could transition and, and begin to transform more than my own organization. And I didn't know how cool it would be to spend time among other brotherhoods, like getting to know the teams, getting to know the cult, watching where are they and knowing like, I can help these guys. I can help them get to a different level of performance. In performance, really, it's about reaching new people who should always be a part of fraternity, but they weren't going to be unless we changed a few of our skills, our thinking. And so, you know, that's what led me to here. And then thankfully got reconnected to you guys and had a an incredible conclave experience. And yeah, you know, Tika's has just been a real special organization to me. And so I'll always be thankful for the chance I had to watch Fired Up in Action and then now get to give back and spend time with you guys as you're transforming the way that more people join Teak. So,
1: Woody, one of the things that that stands out to me the most about you and, and I had a chance. I think the first interaction or the first exposure I had to you was 2013 at the uh, the FEA field staff conference and saw you speak there and then didn't talk to you again for like six years and, and now here we are. Um, but <laughs> is is your passion and, and specifically your passion when it comes to fraternity recruitment, uh, it's just, it, it seems to be what makes you tick. And you talked a little bit about how you joined the, the growth and expansion team with your fraternity and got to fired up. But what is it about recruiting new men to join a fraternity that wakes you up in the morning excited to attack the day that that drives you day in and day out to continue to bring that and into every other fraternity you work with.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I thought about that question before and certainly in 21 I've I've rethought about that question. What is the purpose behind like why am I doing this on a regular basis? And you know, I'll offer this statement that I really think about that's been powerful to me. And so, you know, every every number has a name every name has a story, every story matters in the context of fraternity and sorority. So what I mean by that is we we think about, you ask most chapters, what's your goal this semester, this quarter, and they tell you a number. They're focused on that number. They're focused on the number of graduating seniors. And I always think when you lose those seniors, you don't just lose the number, you lose attributes, you lose attitudes, you lose skills, personalities. So let's not think about replacing the number, let's think about replacing what is needed to add to those new attributes, those new attitudes. So when I think about the challenge, it is looking for who currently doesn't see the appeal of fraternity, likely because they've had a negative experience with a person, not what the organization's about. And if I could introduce them to an incredible person that would ignite and spark an idea, For those two individuals to go off and have a different relationship, for those two individuals to have a different connection of brotherhood, for them to start something on their campus, a new idea that helps their campus and overall betters other students, that's what I wake up every day and get so excited about. And if I build on that just for a moment, I wake up about the transformation of friendship and connection. And it just happens to manifest in the form of brotherhood. In talk Epsilon and other orgs. So that's, that's what I would kind of tell you about overall. And that leads people to just, I think, surrounding themselves with, with individuals who are striving for something more. And isn't that what we all want? Like, we all know the condition that we're in. And the only way to get us out of that condition is what? To hang out with people who are doing something that you're not doing. So we've
0: talked about this with you, Woody, and, and now that people have engaged for even just a few minutes with you, I think we're all clear that your third career is going to be as a pastor somewhere, which is going to be great. Some sort of super church that is formed in a major city that could be anywhere near where we live. <laughs> and so I, I joke, but that piece is so critical about uh, the mentality and uh, the the level of connectedness that a fraternity provides and the spirit that you, you shared in I know that there are folks also that want to take that spirit, that theory around fraternity, right, and talk about tactics. What are three or five, right? I'm sure you have 100, but what are three or five tactics, you know, somebody tuning in of, okay, this is, I've heard about Fired Up or I've taken the Fired Up uh, session, the course, the training that we've put out there now for our membership, I've engaged in that. You know, what what are three or five things Woody, who's recruited thousands upon thousands of members, right, to fraternities across the planet, that he
3: would have for me to be a better recruiter or for my group to take and run with? That's a, great, that's a great question. And yeah, I think we need to be prepared for the virtual state of where we are. And so you have to be prepared for what it is you're going to do on Zoom. We know we're all gonna be on Zoom at some point with potential new members. When you get those potential new members into a space and you are telling the story of T, how does your story sound different than the other organizations on your campus. Everybody can talk about brotherhood. Everybody can talk about service. What's the story that you're telling about your chapter's involvement with St. Jude? The the unique way that you've you've been impacted personally, that you've impacted others. Another tactical thing that I think many groups are missing out on that you should absolutely be doing, Teak Nation, when you have potential new members on a Zoom, are you asking this question? Hey, do me a favor. I want you to think about three things you wanna gain from a fraternal experience. And Teak Nation, you need to drop your number in the Zoom chat and say, hey, here's this number. I'd love for you to text me back your first name, your last name, and the three things you most hope to gain from a fraternal experience. Now, why do we do that? If you have, don't have a way to follow back up with everybody that tuned into Zoom, if you think you're gonna wait from virtual event to virtual event, and, and that's what's gonna connect those guys back to you, That is wrong. That is false. Don't believe that. It's what we do in the in-between the virtual events that lead us to more connection, lead people to taking next steps, lead people to getting to know you to show you're you're truly pursuing them for something that is not a number, but improving their life. So a virtual tactic, I want to say that again, that's a very important missed opportunity people are not doing. Drop in your Zoom chats or have up on a screen share, you know, have up that phrase. I'd love for you to text your first name and last name, likely to your recruitment chair, your recruitment team's number, one number. And what are the three things you hope to gain from a fraternal experience? Now, what does that allow you to do, Tignation? Then immediately after that, you have the ability to text back Donnie and say, Donnie, wow, okay. It looks like you're hoping to gain some skills for your career. I'd love to talk more about that. What time are you free this week to talk more? So I'm engaging him in an individual connection But I'm doing that because I I did some inbound marketing, some inbound tactics to be able to follow back up. That is a pro-level move. And I know y'all are all about that pro-level and championship level. And that's what championship recruitment teams are doing. That's one of the things they're doing. The other thing they're doing, right, when they think about getting a list from the university, maybe it's an acquisition list of uh, people who did not find a fit in 2020. I bet many of you have a wait list of people who said, you know, because of COVID, I'm not ready to say yes to fraternity or teak. So I'm gonna wait and see how things are going. And you know what happened to them? <clears throat> they became more lonely and less connected unless you connected with them, you followed up, you texted them. So when you when you get that list and you upload it to your names list, whatever names list that you're utilizing, you know, for us, we really believe chapter builder is incredible, but whatever it is, you just need to have a list of source you need to don't wait till you get back to campus. Don't wait until like, oh, recruitment's not happening until February. Those people need a message now to say, hey, I know we were talking in early fall. I'd love to hear how your semester finished up. I'd love to talk to you about what you want spring 21 to look like. Hey, when can we hop on the phone to talk this week? That individual connection is what will lead to later virtual event or physical event attendance. You know, uh, Alex and I, we get it wrong. We think sending out that text to say, hey, we're hosting this virtual event on January 29th or February 1st or 2nd. We think that text is, they've already indicated interest in fraternity life and they think that's what's gonna get them to respond. And that just doesn't work. For some people perhaps, but for the majority, they have no relationship so why would they be motivated to come? But if you take the time to say, tell me about your story. Tell me about what brought you to our campus. Tell me about what brought you to this university. And how was fall 2020 as that first semester freshman? What was hard? Uh, who did you get connected to? What what type of people did you hope that you get to meet in spring 21? Maybe I have a few friends I could connect you to. And this might even become all before we start talking about fraternity And so if I drop another tactical thing in there for you guys, it's like, if we're not telling the story of Teak on Instagram, if we're not, you know, marketing ourselves by sharing, like, how did, how did your brotherhood uh, help you survive what COVID-19 did overall? How did we take care of you? How did we reach out to you and connect with you? And the other part about it is how are we searching for men right now on that platform in classes of 2024? And Hey, DMs are the new handshakes. One of my teammates, Coach Kenny White, shout out to him. He always talks about that direct messages are the new handshakes. They're that that fist bump that you can do in your direct messages. And many, many people are just waiting to hear from a person that says, hey, I know we go to this campus. We've never really connected. My organization knows how hard it was to build friendships in the fall. And we want to change that. We want to make it easier for you to do that in spring 21. When should we talk? What time are you free this week to talk? It just starts with that first impression. And, and, you know, anybody who's reaching out positively, many of the students now in that pandemic of loneliness are wanting a response. We see a lot of positive responses on many of the names lists that we get to coach. So we know the desire is out there, but sometimes our students lack the discipline to do the outreach. They love to wait for somebody to say, I'm interested, wait, wait, wait. We can't wait anymore. What are we waiting on? We have the chance to change somebody's life and bring them into an incredible brotherhood that started on January 10th, 1899 and continues in January of 2021.
0: Well, in the fraternity, we uh, we celebrate the triangle and we love things in threes. There's three really good things in there. One is as fraternity men, we've got to be more vulnerable. And some of those questions you're talking about some of that outreach, that's being more vulnerable, right? Two is, uh, there's a lot of gold and a lot in there when you talk about uh, when you talk about reaching out and having getting market research, right? That you're getting groups who are gonna who are now getting research on the people that possibly they want to recruit and even some people who didn't even know they wanted to be in a fraternity, but they're telling you, here are the things I want to see out of this experience. So if you're not providing it, right now you know and have a little bit of a a way to chart the course on, okay, we need to provide some of these things because this is what the market is telling us. You know, we talk, when we recruit people about you're running a small business, here you go. This is, this is business one-on-one. This is what the market's telling you they want. Are you providing it? If no, it's time to recalibrate and get to work. The third piece was a, a more of a psychological thing around when you send a text, right? There's a dopamine hit that you get when someone sends you a text that someone is engaging, especially you talk about this pandemic of loneliness, right? That text that you send, you don't understand the kind of improvement that can make in someone's mood, interest, right? It can drive them. So you got to think about that aspect of, well, sending them 10 texts over the next 10 weeks is more important than you sending them five texts in two days, right? How you can space that out and build that relationship before it's time to actually get into the, Hey, Woody, do you want to join TKE?
3: And in the the five or 10 texts you sent are not uh, the no response texts they send you because you invited them to an event. You're trying to make a personal connection to get to know them, Maybe even before their interest in Teak comes up, they will be interested to join Teak and learn Teak when they're interested to be more of your friend, more connected to you. I always, we always talk about that people join people, not just organizations. And when you're being your most authentic self, Teak Nation, you have the chance to display who Teak really is. Before they know the name of your fraternity, they need to know your name. When they know your name, they might be ready to know the name of your fraternity. And because they know your name, they're a lot more likely to join the name of your fraternity and get connected forever. And I think you've got to have a system of communication, a time on the calendar, regular intervals of time where you're gathering your recruitment team and you're screen sharing your names list on zoom. And you say, all right, Hey, Woody, do you think you can text these five guys in the next five minutes? I bet you can let me help you construct the text and build the text and we'll send it together together. And you'll feel better about sending that message. It's, it's playing that role of, of the coach for them to build those messages, give them the right messages so they feel confident sending them, but having consistent times. Maybe it's Monday. It's Tuesday, Wednesday. It, it could be 30 minutes. It could be 15 minutes. And you'll know in that meeting, are we performing well or are we not? Or is the message we're sending out in a text, in a DM, getting anybody to respond Or do we need to tweak something in the message? And it could be as simple as tweaking to say, what day are you free to talk? What day, what time would work for you on Thursday, Friday? So many of us send that text message. So many of undergraduate members send that text and they say, hey, if you're interested, let me know. I'll I'll send you more details. I mean, we could do this, but we don't have to do this. It's like that whole thing, you know, when, when you were getting up the courage in sixth or seventh grade to ask someone out. That you hope might be your significant other but you weren't sure and you were asking them to that dance it was going to be awkward anyway and 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 yet that well we don't have like that's not the confident thing that we can do one shift in your language and words is all you need to get them to say yeah i'm actually yeah i'm free on thursday if you want a bona fide uh fail safe just ask them hey what time do you get out of class because every student knows what time and they just they're getting off of zoom and maybe it's not as maybe it's a phone call that you provide, but uh, it, it is about the systems of communication you build. And a favorite person I follow, leader James Clear, talks about you know we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. And I think more of the recruitment teams need a system and a time to meet regularly to prioritize who needs our attention, who needs our follow-up, and what are we doing to motivate more of our brothers? And that could happen three times a week with. 3 to 5 of the best people in your chapter who are helping build your recruitment team.
0: One thing I just want to tie in there is for groups to focus on how well you ask questions, cuz that's something that you are at an elite level Woody is in your question asking and the way that you frame those questions whether they're open-ended that are going to get your response or if they're, to your point, a little cloudy, and they really give people what I call easy outs, right? Where I can just either text you one word answer, or I could ignore you, and it really isn't going to change. I'm not going to feel like I'm, you know, being a jerk to you, essentially, right? By ignoring, because you didn't ask a very good question, and you weren't very forceful in the way you asked it. So I can just move right on, right? you just uh, on the speed, you know, on the road of life, like you're just one thing, a rock I drove by, you know, at 65 miles an hour. So how can you ask those questions very, very well?
3: Yeah, I think it's, you know, and I've, I've got that 10,000 hours and beyond a practice. I just, I live it. I mean, I, I think about the curiosity and that's what it comes back to. And so every, probably every member knows how curious they are or are not on a daily basis. They know the questions they like to talk to people about. We've all heard the questions, the, oh, where are you from? And what's your major? And did you play a sport in high school? Oh my gosh, what sport did you play? Uh, what, what position? And then the conversation turns to taco, taco, awkward, right? It just gets so awkward. Instead, the curiosity level of like, hey, if you're a three on a scale of one to 10 of being curious and you're a part of Teak Nation and you're like, I want to get better, I can. And the new members almost expect it. Here's a couple simple curiosity hacks that you can use, all right? So if you're choosing to be curious, like, hey, tell me a little bit about your hometown. Just tell me about your hometown. Tell me if, if we were to go back and you were going to take me to your favorite spot that you love to eat at, uh, to hang at, where, where would we go? Like, like where, where would you take me to? And what would you probably order there overall? Another curiosity thing, a little hack overall, is just talk to them about something they've already discovered brotherhood in. Because likely people have discovered brotherhood in some area. It could have been scouts. It could have been choir. It could have been cross country. It could have been one of the number of activities. It could have been uh, the science kind of team. It could have been, you could have been an athlete or a mathlete. You could have been either one of those things. You've experienced brotherhood in some way. And so asking the students to say, "Hey, in high school, what was a place where you really found connection and brotherhood?" And that 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 might not have showed up yet on our campus. And hey, there might be some people I could help introduce you to to recreate that. Hey, are you cool if I if I introduce you to a couple other people? Who I know on campus that would be a great uh, connector for you overall. So, so that's a part of that ask. That's a part of that story, uh, Donnie. Overall, the other thing I think is, you know, we want to uh, we want to think about the we don't want that fail. We don't want to get uh, ghosted or roasted on that text message. Guys are scared to get ghosted or roasted. And we talk about that on our coaching team. Coach Matt Farrell will will make a joke about that. But we try to say is like, look, we don't have to worry about that. We're willing to go through the outreach. We're willing to go through that because we realize on the other side of connection is something far more valuable than the rejection feeling that we get overall. So people might text you back and say, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm not interested. And you need to test yourself. What do you say in that moment? They're like, Nah, I'm good. You're like, great. I'm good too. This has been an incredible new year. Tell me a little bit about what you got going on this week. I'd love to hear about what's making you so good. Uh, there's like, nah, I'm I'm not interested. That's awesome, man, because I'm not actually asking you to join. I'm asking you to talk and build a friendship. And some of that's a little disarming. And some people are like, wait, what? What you just uh uh oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm free on third. I get out of class at two. Th- okay. Yep, we're having a call now. And and some of the greatest guys that sometimes that I've been able to recruit were guys that on the phone told me, is this a fraternity? I am not interested. And I said, Well, you know what? That's cool, man. I'm not asking you to join today. But anybody that got recommended, anybody on my campus who said, like this person, somebody you should meet, I always go out of my way to put a face with a name. And back in the days where we could shake hands, a handshake. And so I've met some incredible guys that just walk up to campus. I think about some recruiting I was doing at the University of Alabama roll tide everybody and um, national champs in, in uh, 2020. Uh, all that to say, they walk up and they talk to us a little bit. And uh, they're like, this, this idea of friendship and being better. And I love to ask them like, hey, tell me a little bit about the, the five to 10 people that you hang with most. What is it that they do that makes it worth your time to spend time with them? And just imagine if there were five or 10 other people more like you that thought like you who had the same aspirations and you spent time together, what would those guys need to do with their time to make it worthwhile and to even attract you to this idea of fraternity? And man, that'll really get them thinking. They're like, well, I guess we would, we would actually solve problems and we would take our grades seriously and we would treat all people with respect and dignity. And, and, and I'm like, great. You know, I've actually met some people recently who I think that you would really connect with. And the worst thing that could happen is you could make a new best friend. The best thing that could happen, you could actually join a fraternity. And they're like, like, what just happened right there, man? You just did some Jedi mind trick. And now they're in it. And then they wind up joining. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I was not going to do this. I'm doing this because I just wasn't willing to give up. And I was willing to take the rejection and face adversity. Because what's in it at the end of the day, every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every story matters in the context of fraternity and sorority. And so are we willing to go through that to get them to that brotherhood connection? And if not, guess what happens? We build a friend or a fan of Teak. We didn't try to rush somebody. We didn't try to recruit them. We built the relationship.
0: Well, I love the energy and even more so I love the strategy. You know, there's, there's this, myth out there, right? that some of these groups that recruit well, it just happens because it happens or it happens because this one guy in this one time, right, you can build this so that your group, no matter your chapter size, no matter your history, can can alter the course of their future by putting in specific things that are going to make you better and more impactful, but also that are going to draw people toward you. Uh, I can't let you go and thank you again for all the time that you've given to the fraternity today. I can't get, let you go without asking you about some stories because I love stories and and love when we can get guys like you to share stories. So I'd love if you could share a story about, you mentioned Conclave and coming to Conclave. And I know you and I even had a private moment of, and you shared, you know, kind of the, the grandeur and the size and scope of, and you've gone to a number of, of, uh, of Conclave's for other organizations, right? Their, their annual or biannual convention. And then my second piece of I love story in you don't have to name the campus. You don't have to name the fraternity, right? Just if you have any uh, interesting stories or anecdotes, or, you know, the craziest thing traveling the world and, and working for any t- entertaining stories that our, our membership would love to hear.
3: Uh, I've got some, and I've got two in mind that I want to drop today on this podcast for people to hear about. But I just want to highlight Conclave 50. That was, seriously, that was the highlight of my summer from the work I get to do. Like really, like, like the way the production value. I, I, here's what I even love too. And I didn't get to see this, Teak Nation, right? I didn't get to be in there, but I got to be in the room as everybody was getting warmed up and excited to be there. In the visual display, the acoustics of sound, you guys kicked it off with ritual t- conversation. Who does that? How many organizations are kicking it off with, at, at the core? What is the thing that makes all of us, us? It's not new member ed, it's not recruitment, it's that, re- and y'all kicked it off that way. I didn't get to see that. I was escorted out of the room. In fact, some guys with some you know, trench coats came and they're like, all right, you need to leave now, Mr. Woodcock. I was like, yeah, I'm out, all right, this is cool. So that was a really cool moment. And then the way that you coach people, the way y'all help people prepare for those presentations and just the response of the audience, the response of Teak Nation to stand up, clap, engage, talk, do what people are asking them to do that's making them better. That was really cool. So, the funny story, I'll just tell you a couple. So, uh, I began coaching a chapter at a Southeastern campus, Auburn University, that's where it was. And uh, not going to name the organization, but we were coaching them and they were doing well in the fall. Okay. And we had begun to work with them for spring. They had not taken a spring new member class, they told me in like five years. And we had eight people that we were really big on. They were on the names list, they were like ready to get a bid. One week, they're like, we're giving out eight bids. I'm like, that's awesome, guys. Look at that. The next week, nobody accepted the bids, Coach Woody. And I'm like, why? I don't understand. And this is when I could actually travel. And so I was there. I was at their chapter house. And I said, can you, can you guys talk to me a little bit about how you offer a bid? Or can you show me? And I kid you not, it was like they all like looked at each other. They huddled up. They had that like that huddle. And they're like, can we show him? And they like all look and they're like, yes. So they turn around from this huddle. Like think about that NFL huddle. They like break the huddle. They're like, follow us. I'm like, okay, well, all right. So I follow these two guys. We're going down the hallways of their house. And as we get into the darkest realms of this property, there's two things that come to mind in my sensory smells. I smell uh, gasoline which is weird. I'm <laughs> concerned about that. I also begin to smell a hint of the devil's lettuce. All right. And so there's <laughs> gasoline and a hint of the devil's lettuce. And if yeah. you don't know what that is, I'll let y'all figure that out. Nation. But the devil's lettuce was permeating. And I thought, all right, what's up with this? So they take me in this room. It's dark. They just open this door. There's a couch from the 1960s, which you have no idea what's been on that couch. And they're like, have a seat. So, <laughs> They're like, they're like full on role play. Like we're live action role play this thing. And, and I'm and like, you're going right. along with it. And you're going I'm along like, with it. I'm like, I'm their coach. I'm just going to see where this is going to go. And, and so uh, I sit down on the couch and they shut the door. And for those of you at home, like if you could imagine that ghost story time where they tell a flashlight and you hold that flashlight right below your chin, it shines on your face. There's two guys, one with that flashlight right on his face, the other flashlight on the other guy. And this, this, this. The one with the flashlight, he looks at me. He sucks, Woody Woodcock. You have displayed the values of character, truth, blank, blank, blank. Uh, we want to offer you a bid at this time. Do you wish to accept that bid, deny that bid, hold that bid? What do you wish to do? Full flashlighted up. The other dude got his flashlight. He's got a paddle that's like three feet by whatever. He's like, like going back and forth with like the, the flexi mode on me, like over here. And, and they were like, okay, so that's what we did. That's, and I was like, guys, that is creepy. Don't <laughs> ever do that again to any new member. And so here's what we did. So the moral of the story is we got out of that moment. We said, all right, Hey, I want you to, um, I want you to call those guys and apologize. One, say like, well, sorry, we got weird. I so, I don't know what we were thinking. That was so dumb. Of us. <laughs> uh, hey, do you know where the student union is? and so we I was like you know you don't have a good bid in your house because I mean that that gasoline the devil's let us smell that's probably not the best let's go to the union let's go to the union next week they go to the union Auburn had just opened their beautiful student union and y'all seven of the eight guys wound up accepting the bid to membership the very next week. and so the success out of but like that goes back to the principle don't be weird be more normal we teach those three things you can't recruit who you don't know People join people not worked, and be more normal. They were weird. And uh, what a weird story. But I was proud that they uh, rebounded. Now, I got one more. If there's time on Teak Nation, just real quick. So I was at the University of Montana. And I had not begun to work with this group yet. Uh, but I got invited to their retreat. And i just tell you what. If you've never been to Montana in August, you definitely owe it yourself. You need to go there because it's incredible. It's like some heavenly land that you've never been to. So I go to work, and I drive way out into the Montana big sky country and we're at this cabin that some alumni has it's awesome and you've got like all these 25 fraternity guys there and so they're talking about these ideas to get our name out there ideas to get us access and they know that I'm gonna be their coach but they don't know anything about dynamic recruitment or social excellence. So the recruitment chair says I know what we're gonna do. I know on this Tuesdays we're gonna wear our letters we're gonna wear the, these specific colors and these letters and th- that we are gonna get our name out there and people are gonna to wanna to join. And then you get this other guy in the chapter that's like, I've got it even better. Listen, there's this person, there's this guy who's like does wood carvings and he's like, like somewhere in our city, let's go get this like ginormous lion. Let's carve it out. of, Let's make it like six foot by 10 foot. Let's put it in the yard. Let's ride on the lion. Let's take pictures of the lion. And I was like, this, this again, this is weird. Like, you think that's gonna, who is that gonna attract? Somebody, not the somebody you want to join. So I just said, hey, time out, time out, coaches, time out over here. Okay. All right, everybody. I just got a couple questions for you guys. Hey, true or false? You joined your fraternity because you knew what the letters were and you thought the colors looked good on you. Everybody was like, false. I was like, all right. That, okay, factor fiction, factor fiction, who thinks it'd be really dope to get this big old lion? And like, when you get your bid, ride that lion and take pictures, I'm gonna go with fiction, not facts. And so we were able to speak some truth to those guys. And we were able to not acquire the lion. And we were able to actually help that group have some success. So those are two really remarkable stories that um, I love. But uh I want to, I want to pitch you on
1: something, Woody, when you, when you write your, your memoir, I just, I think a, a really good title for that would just be Woody Woodcock, be less weird. I think that, uh, <laughs> that's a good, uh, yes. something, something to, to ponder. Be like, less, be less
3: weird, less lions in your life. In that
1: fewer way. lions, fewer, uh, gasoline fueled bid ceremonies. Okay. Um, well, we appreciate it, Woody. I know, uh, our guys are dying to get off here and Google devil's lettuce, <laughs> um trying to try to figure out what the heck that means so um can't thank you enough for your time for the wisdom for the insight for the stories um just a a, a good time spent with you as always yeah. and uh any any final thoughts on your end
3: hey uh i love hanging with you guys i love what teak nation's doing uh, we're so fired up. is so committed to transforming the way that all people join teak nation more of them more often and Hey, until we get this chance to connect again, I hope everybody stays fired up.
1: Oh, there it is. We're waiting for it. All right, Woody. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again soon. And we just want to thank Woody one last time for being a part of the podcast here today. That is all. Anything that you want to add here, Donnie, before we set everyone free to go attack the rest of their Wednesday.
0: There's a lot of great stuff in there from Woody. Hope that people are able to take some of those snippets and share them with, with frauders and friends, a guy who just has so much passion to seeing fraternities grow, but also someone you talk about attacking life, a guy who wants to attack life, make the world a better place. One of the most curious people I've ever met in terms of, he likes to ask questions. He oh, really yeah. is curious. Oh, yeah. Of If he walks up to you, he wants to know why you are the way you are. And so he's always, he's always got 10 questions for you, no matter no matter where he sees you and in what format. So, just a, a great friend, fan of the fraternity, a great friend of the fraternity. That's right.
1: Let's uh, let's get some engagement going for next week. Ask questions. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Post your questions. Hit Donny or I up. Most of you probably have our cell phone numbers at this point, so uh, we would be happy to uh, to to take any listener questions and weave them in, whether it's about teak or Tiger Woods or fantasy football or sports gambling, or anything that I didn't mention. Uh, we would love to, to hear more from you all. Please subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your material from. Want to make sure that every time a new episode drops, you are the first to hear about it. All right, guys, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time.